This is Calvin Kemp, editor for The Twin Geeks, and I'm here with Jennifer Reeder discussing her new film, Knives and Skin. Hi, Calvin. How are you? Great. I uh, just watched your film, uh, Knives and Skin, this morning. Really enjoyed it. Oh, good. A woman called for you last night. She was looking for her daughter, a friend of yours, Corey, Callie... Carolyn. We aren't really friends anymore. I put more of these up every day. Honey, can you help me with this? I'm making a flyer for that missing girl. I saw the ones her mother's been putting up and they're hideous. You spelled her name wrong. Oh. Well, I'm not gonna start over now. I worked really hard on this. So today, largely one day, discuss your experience and your inspirations for the films. So, um, Knives and Skin is related to a bunch of um, short films that I've made in the past, let's say, five or six years that have... Um, thematically are dealing with um, the idea of coming of age as a lifelong process, um, oftentimes, you know, um, looking at the experiences of, of girls and women, um, people uh, sort of coping with trauma. In those short films, there's, there's also some singing and some floating, glowing objects. So a lot of the maybe more unexpected moments of Knives and Skin, I've kind of worked out in um, a bunch of the short films that I've made previously, which actually are all available on my um, Vimeo page, if you're kind of curious to see what I've, what I've did before Knives and Skin. Yeah. Um, but, but, the, but, but, but the real kind of seed of the, of the script that became Knives and Skin um, came from a, a road trip I was taking through Ohio, uh, which is where I grew up, and, um, you know, driving down this kind of rural two-lane road and imagining a kind of a group of, you know, two or three kind of like goth punk girls, mm -hmm. you know, walk, walk, walking down a, walking down this kind of rural, rural road and, you know, whether they were at like school, band practice, whatever, and um, it felt like a really um, kind of accurate visual analogy for, you know, just someone at a crossroads in their life, you know, really looking like being a kind of a misfit in their environment and and literally from there I just thought you know who are these three girls and what's thought to happen to them that will change their lives forever I was also a coming of age in Ohio I was in a little bit south of Columbus Circleville area oh oh wow I grew up in Columbus oh you did alright yeah um, <laughs> and I guess there was some connective tissue there because I, I connected to some of those themes those young adult themes of middle America and I was kind of wondering where you were finding those. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, I, I, uh, I mean, certainly, you know, it's not as though, um, you know, Columbus is like in the in the middle of the woods, but it certainly is no bustling metropolis. And, you know, yeah. Being a teenager in 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 Ohio, you know, was uh, you have to find your path out, you know, and a lot of that was through music or you know, I mean, the Ohio State's campus, that kind of main drag. I mean, it's totally different now, but you know, when I was a teenager, there were bookstores and head shops and record stores and. Um, you know, there was a, I knew, I knew through that kind of culture that there was going to be a way out for me. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I explored some of the short films and I've always had a passion for kind of sharing more of those because they don't get a lot of coverage, unfortunately. So, uh, what do you feel the challenges are between going from shorts to this, uh, feature that kind of combines your passions? Well, that's a, that, I mean, that's a good question. On, on the one hand, I, would, I will return to making short films. I really love the, the, you know, the short film as a, as a form itself. Um, and on the one hand, I, I love, uh, you know, there's sometimes no limitations for short films, which I totally appreciate. They're, you know, they're cheap to make, they're fast to make. Um, and I find that with short films, um, 
audience, they're actually really, they're willing to do more work. Uh, you know, in a short film, you can, you can kind of innovate the narrative. You can introduce things that, that, um, you know, don't necessarily have to have some kind of set up and, and pay off, um, uh, formula, perhaps, you know, and, and, uh, with a feature length film, you know, audiences can get so frustrated so quickly if, if the narrative threads, you know, just don't follow through or if, you know, a character's arc is kind of left dangling at the mm -hmm. end. And, um, so I was about making Knives and Skins a balance of like trying to, to inject all of the, you know, experiments that I do in my short films, but, you know, trying to also deliver something that would feel like a really satisfying and engaging experience for, um, for an audience. Um, and, you know, I mean, it was a total, it was a challenge that I, you know, gladly accepted, and I think I, I pulled it off. I mean, with Eyes and Skin is exactly the film that I, that I set out to make, but gosh, it, you know, it's expensive and it took a long time to do, you know, I mean, it's, um, I made a short film for, um, for Hulu in, in September that, you know, that, that I shot in one day, and then it was, like, edited and on Hulu, like, two and a half weeks later, and there was something so satisfying about that. Yeah, I had just gotten a surgery yesterday, so I saw Knives and Skin, and I was like, oh my goodness. this is the right movie for me to cover right now. I should just jump at it. <laughs> oh, dear. Then I, okay. <laughs> I started exploring some of the themes, and of course, we're called the Twin Geeks, so uh, I'm, I'm attracted to that naturally. I'm good. So we've covered some of what inspires you. Why make this film right now? I mean, for Knives and Skin, part of it was, um, you know, as I mentioned, kind of growing up in the Midwest, um, always trying to kind of figure a way, you know, a way out of that town that I grew up in. Um, and uh, the, the storyline that includes the, uh, you know, the, the substitute teacher who's um, kind of hitting on the girl in his classroom mm -hmm. comes direct comes directly from something that happened to me in high school. Um, so, you know, some of it, you know, for Knives and Skin and even my other films, like some of it is, is autobiographical um, and other and other parts are um, really observational. I mean, I've made, you know, again, in, in the short films I've made, you know, I've had a lot of girls on set and... You know, I listen to what they talk about, the stories that they, that they tell each other about, you know, things that are happening to them at school or things that are happening to them, you know, like at home. And, and you know, I, I, I take notes. You know, I jot these things down. And I'm not a teenage girl anymore, so, I, you know, I have to really try to, to portray them authentically. And a lot of, um, you know, my, my inspiration is, is from my own world, but it's also from the, you know, the world of the girls um, around me. I think that's what left the sharpest impression with me was how feminist the movie really was and how much it accomplishes to that end. Well, you know, I mean, I have always thought of myself as a, as um, not just a feminist, but a feminist filmmaker. And this really is a film that's about, um, you know, a kind of girl empowerment or girl power or like female empowerment, you know, or female friendships as a survival strategy. Mm -hmm. But so, but, but. Absolutely, you know, for me, feminism is um, is for everybody. You know, it's really about a, a commitment to human equality. So, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not some. I mean, I'm someone who's 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 promoting it for you know for for all genders and suggesting that you know that female you know female empowerment is is um is great for the guys too. And you know, shouldn't we all be committed to human equality? Um, and it's a and it's like a really wide. Um, spectrum. There's kind of room for for all 
for everybody on that on my own sort of feminist um, spectrum. But I wanted to make a film that, um, yeah, that, that really suggested um, that female friendship is a survival strategy, and not just among like peers, but you know, relationships between mothers and daughters, for instance. I think it has some interesting techniques too. Like I was, I grew up on like Giallo films and a lot of Italian horror, and notice a lot of the lighting is different in this. Uh, would you say? Where would you say you come from? Like as far as old cinema and uh, influences on you? Oh yeah, I mean it, the you know the I love that those um, Giallo directors. I mean that those are those that kind of like vintage horror feel and the kind of boldness of those color choices is just so dreamy to me. You know, it's like um, kind of brain and heart heart candy um, mm. visually. So when we were when my DP Chris Rahano and I were you know kind of putting together the bookbook for for Knives and Skin, I mean you know you know frame grabs from from a bunch of those films was, was definitely part of the you know part of the inspiration and even you know maybe slightly more contemporarily the the, the cinematography of someone like Robbie Mueller you know who also really um, deals with bold colors. Um, in, a, in, a, in a very um, interesting way. I mean, my, my provenance as a filmmaker is, uh, starts um, in the visual art world, you know, so I was uh, doing kind of film and video installation-based projects in galleries and museums before I just was doing narrative work that lived in a theater. So, um, you know, my influence in terms of my, my kind of visual language and my is, is also, you know, comes from painting and photography and, um, you know, sculpture even you know it's kind of it comes right out of um, the visual art world as much as the as cinema history would you say that the feature film required different challenges in that way for you uh, in terms of like the kind of visual language yeah in terms of applying your visual language you know it, it um, not necessarily I mean you know I, I managed to work with um, two producers who were really big fans of the of the short films and, you know, wanted to make sure that all of the, you know, everything that I was committed to visually made it up onto the screen. And, you know, so for instance, um, you know, Chris and I wanted to shoot one of these beautiful Tadeo vintage anamorphic lenses, which we did shoot with those lenses. Um, you know, and there was a moment when the, you know, when the producer was like, wow, this lens is pretty extensive, you know, are you yeah. sure? And, um, um, and of course we were sure, and, and, you know, we just had to do kind of a test with one of them to show him, you know, like, why we need this lenses and what visual that was going to bring to the film, and he was like, okay, you know, yeah. and he handed, you know, he, he handed over the money. So, it actually, you know, it, it wasn't difficult, um, and, and I... Um, I know that a lot of filmmakers, for a lot of filmmakers making a film that maybe is this kind of um, visually dense and with an ensemble cast and that includes singing and floating things. I mean, there's really a lot going on. With other producers, it, 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 we don't have people who read the script and said, they're never going to get this film made. Hmm. Um, but, you know, like I just kept giving it to other people until finally some people were like, okay, I see what you're doing here and we're going to help you do it. Um, it's kind of on my beat. What do you feel is the main strength of a short film? You know, I would say that, that even in, the sh in those short films, what I feel most strongly about are the characters that I've, that I've 
developed in the in the short films and even in some films that are you know less than 10 minutes long being able to use you know obviously dialogue but use a lot of the visual language to sort of give a full picture of a, a, a complicated you know multi-dimensional character um i mean in 10 minutes it's not a lot of time to get to know someone um and to ask an audience to sort of um, become invested in their story but i think i've I think I've been able to, to figure out how to do that pretty quickly in, in the short films, and I and I brought a lot of that a lot of that method to Knives and Skin. So I, you know, there was a very particular way that I wanted each of the characters to be introduced, hmm. um, and of course, you know, you get you can glean a lot of information from the characters kind of based on their wardrobe. You know, some of whom don't ever change their wardrobe the entire film, um, and. You know, that felt really important to me, that the production design in Knives and Skin was part of the narrative content. And I, and I, and I feel like I've honed that pretty um, pretty intensely in, in my short films. And I do love the uh, characterization in this. I, I like when they're all in the field and they put on the hat, just like her. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not everybody has recognized that. I think my mother, when she saw it, was like, what were they wearing on their heads? And they're, like, oh, they're like little paper band hats. And then she was like, ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but that was, a, that was a really lovely touch that my, um, my wardrobe um, mistress, Kate, um, you know, suggested, I really loved it, you know, instead of kind of them all wearing, like, orange vests, you know, they yeah. all have on these little paper band hats. <laughs> and the speech that the guy gives there is really fun, too. I think that, that was where I found the heart of what I really liked you. Yeah, thanks. I wanted to try to, you know, I mean, I think it's probably some of that stuff that, that you like is some stuff that some other people just, like, kind of can't quite, um, you know, wrap their brain around. But I really love writing... Um, an internal logic to my films, you know, so, um, you know, there's always going to be someone giving instructions about what to do if you find someone mm -hmm. in a search party scene, but why not make it a little more, you know, particular and interesting to that person who is the, who's, who's leading the, you know, leading that, that charge, and then, you know, the moment that he says, you know, girls just want to have fun, and then that, that little moment re returns again, I mean, it's a, it's a kind of a setup and payoff, it's, it's very narratively formulaic, but it's hopefully kind of unexpected and delightful for certain people. Yeah, I think the internal logic really works there, and I, I just enjoy kind of the whole feeling of this, uh, I've always been big on Twin Peaks, and, and asking this question, I always wonder if I'm setting myself up for disappointment. Have you always been big on Lynch and Twin Peaks? <laughs> um, am I, do I like Twin Peaks? Yeah, were you influenced? Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the funny thing is, like, I haven't seen the new season, sure. and I hadn't actually watched the first season, you know, since it like came out in the nineties, I mean, but I was obsessed with it when it came out. I mean, I'm and I'm really, I mean, deeply influenced in general by the whole kind of David Lynch roster. You know, I mean, yeah. from Blue Velvet to you know, I think that Lost Highway is actually sort of like you know his best film on some level. I mean, Mulholland Drive is you know was commercially more successful, but I mean, I, I love the way that he suggests that you know small town America is the portal to the fourth dimension. You know, I love the way that he you know, kind of breaks this awkward dialogue and has these kind of deadpan performances. You know, he, he also pays attention to production design um, and, um, you know, kind of is able to bend these surreal elements into, you know, into his storytelling, which I just appreciate. I mean, I find, you know, watching his films like, you know, like being on a, you know, being in a kind of maze, you know, and, and for some people, mazes are frustrating, and but, but 
but I find, I find them, you know, I find the way that he tells stories in that kind of maze-like way, meaning that sometimes the storyline leads you to like a brick wall, you know, yeah. it's not the exit, and I, and I really love that, I find it really entertaining in my, in my own head. Sometimes mazes can be the most rewarding things to navigate. Uh-huh, absolutely. I, well, I really enjoyed your film. I, I guess, just as an outro, is there anything you're seeing lately? Anything you'd recommend people go see? Um, gosh, that's a good question. I mean, um, I feel like I tend to not see necessarily, like, things that are right, like, right in, um, in the theater, uh, right this minute, but I did, um, have a chance to see at a film festival, um, another film that actually just came out today by Celine Sciamma, um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, yeah. That was like a really, that was a really beautiful film. Um, but, but I just recently, um, watched for the first time, um, The Lobster, you know? Yes. Um, <laughs> and I know that that came out many years ago, but my gosh, what a, what a really lovely film, you know? I mean, so, um, I was trying to find out, sort of like, I was trying to find out if a friend would like the lobster. It seems like a difficult recommendation for some people, like you say about mazes. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a really, I mean, I think that, you know, he as a filmmaker also is someone who could be really polarizing. You either like what he's doing or, um, you know, you, you absolutely don't, you know, don't get it. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing um, Queen and Slim. That seems like a really beautiful film. I love that the woman who directed it has done so much really interesting stuff in the music video world. Um, so I'll try and, you know, catch that over a break. But, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen much um, much new stuff. I've been, you know, sadly, I've been kind of, like, busy, um, you know, peddling, peddling this film. But I'm going to mm-hmm. settle in over the holiday, holiday break and kind of catch up on other people's films. Well, uh, I really enjoyed this, and uh, I hope everyone can get out and see it. Thank you so much for your time. Calvin, thank you so very much. Have a great rest of your day. You as well. Take care.